0: Welcome to Horror and More with Anya Gore. I am your horror mistress and host Anya Gore and today with me I have two special guests. I've got Eliza and Jess who are the duo of the Witchery Podcast. Welcome. Hello. Hey. Good to be here. Now (laughs) my understanding is you both are from different places. That's yes, right. I'm um, in
1: London. And
0: yeah, I'm based in London. <laughs> and I'm in Johannesburg. Wow. So we are just all over the world today. I love this.
1: <laughs> Luckily, not much of a time difference between me and Jess, considering we are thousands and thousands <laughs> of miles apart. We're only an hour time difference, which makes
0: working together very, very easy. Yeah, that's great. So... Tell the listeners about you two. Um, So, well, yeah, we started the Witchery
1: podcast about 10 weeks ago. So we're both writers. I'm a writer based in London, um, copywriter and a screenwriter. Um, I do some acting as well. (laughs) And I love horror, really. And luckily, I met a good friend in Jess who also loves horror.
2: Yeah. um, And, you know, during lockdown... um, as I'm sure like most people who started podcasts during lockdown were bored and needed a creative outlet and um I um thought Eliza would be the perfect person to actually do it with um I'm also a writer, um a copywriter, and a um unfortunately a social media specialist um,
0: <laughs> unfortunately <laughs>
1: Though I actually do the social media stuff for witchery, which is hilarious. I'm like, Jess,
2: why am I doing it when you're a social media G?
1: Um, but yeah, it's quite funny.
2: Burnout, dude. Burnout.
1: <laughs> Motherhood and burnout. <laughs> yes.
0: I'm curious. Yes. Is, does it sound like there's a, b- a bit of a delay? Yeah,
1: I, I did wonder. Not From my side, I can hear you both, but I don't know. There's a delay in responses.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it could be from my side. Um guys, I'm in South Africa, like third world country. That's just, you know, not, not get, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. I'm sure it'll be
0: fine. It'll be fine. They'll understand. Yeah. Maybe maybe we can, maybe we can I'll, I'll I'll do my best. <laughs> um yeah, it does take too I say long, that actually, because too. Because, well, sometimes the the, the minimum you can edit is a certain period of time. And if it's not, um, like if it's just a second or two, it won't let me edit it out. Mm. (laughs) Or maybe it will and I just don't know how.
1: (laughs) Oh no, editing is such a, we have this problem sometimes, editing can be such a slow process. It's like, you know, one hour podcast and you can be editing it, like editing it for four hours or something.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, it's frustrating.
1: (laughs) so annoying
0: but uh, okay that's all good it'll it'll still be i mean i'm sure you said you heard the one from keith his mic wasn't awesome but it still turned out as a great episode so i'm not oh it was great that one really great really
2: yeah it was fantastic um i was listening to it a little earlier
0: i was so stoked that he was willing to be on it
2: he seemed a really really
0: charming guy as well Oh, he, yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I want to meet him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's doing so well. But that was a great film, though. Anything for Jackson oh, is a
0: great film. Wasn't it so good?
1: So good. Like a perfect so mixture good. of, of sort of really, um, quite emotionally, uh, quite a punch, really, emotional
0: punch, but yet horrifying at the same time. Agreed. Agreed 100%. It's, it's the best one I've seen thus far this year. Um, mm. And so I just, I was so lucky that he agreed to it because he said to me, he's like, it's a good thing you liked it because <laughs> if I didn't and he was on it, that would have been awkward. Oh my God. That would, <laughs> you would have had to cancel it, I think. just be like, Yeah. Oh, I'm sick. Sorry.
1: <laughs> Can't do this podcast ever.
0: I mean, it, it would be interesting to do a, a review with somebody of a movie you didn't like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> interesting being the word for it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that would be quite depressing awkward just but I mean it would be quite funny because the awkwardness actually could be could be quite it could be kind
2: of
0: entertaining right yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) maybe I'll maybe I'll seek out a movie that I really don't like and see if I can get the writer or director on (laughs) but make but make it professional and kind of course
1: yeah oh yeah of course but that that could be (laughs) the debate it depends how sensitive the person is because that could be really funny if they're a really sensitive person as well (laughs)
0: that's true yeah that's true um Okay, so back back on point with our movie today um, tell us before we continue uh, where everyone can find you too Sure, so we're everywhere thanks to Jess Jess uploads
1: our podcasts every week and we're basically everywhere so anywhere you want to find us um Spotify apple anchor you know um google Acast,
2: podcasts yeah we're we're pretty much on on most of the platforms um we also have a, a website um witcherypodcast.com uh, all our episodes also get uploaded there
1: and so, you can find us on insta and twitter as well podcast witchery on on twitter and the witchery podcast on instagram
0: you want to look at silly pictures
1: (laughs) like stupid stuff I make in my garden you're more than welcome to have a look on Instagram
0: I think you two are great you're really engaging really entertaining I love the posts that you do on Instagram it's it's nice because it's different it's unique for you two and I love that well same with you because your horror posts are great your horror photos
2: oh thank you yeah it's Definitely fun. <laughs> <laughs> Love it's some horror cosplay. Yeah, they really are fantastic um, photos.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I'm struggling a little bit with Instagram right now. They are really going through and starting to remove pe- people's photos. Really? And, um, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's my photographer. They've taken down a whole bunch of our pictures on her site. But girls can be almost naked and it's okay so it's very frustrating was that because of the blood aspect you know it's yep. the horror oh for goodness sake yeah yeah she took down a or they they took down a picture uh of one of my friends who was also a model and she was in the bathtub holding a knife and they and she took was that fully down. clothed they took it down yeah because it violated oh.
1: yeah we had that issue with tiktok though so i i basically i do like the 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 stupid videos and stuff at home because obviously lockdown is still kind of pretty much underway in london So I just do stuff in the garden, like just content. And I literally, I messaged Jess and we just couldn't believe it. I put up a video on TikTok that literally just had me with some um, fake blood in my hand holding a lighter for Jennifer's body. And it was just, my fake blood also didn't look great. It kind of turned out pink, which I thought was quite funny. So I did it anyway. And they took it down for being like violent and graphic. (laughs) And it looked like I just had a hand covered in pink paint. It didn't even look like blood. Um, but it's,
0: it's ridiculous it's, to me because they take that down, but girls are wearing bikinis where literally you can see everything. And they had a video of somebody being beheaded
1: on TikTok that oh, was going for like weeks, God. apparently till it was taken down. But yet within about 10 minutes of that video being up, not even that, five minutes. It Less was taken than, on... yeah.
2: Yes. It was It was a very short period of time. I mean, and you're was, right. Like, freaking. I don't, I don't yeah. get it.
0: I can't wrap my head around it because it doesn't make sense to me.
2: No, it's it's ridiculous. But algorithms, I mean, your, your videos, man, algorithms. Oh, I know. That's it.
1: <laughs> but your photos, are, I mean, they're just they're cosplay. They're fun. They're nothing graphic.
0: They're not what I would consider graphic. Well, that's the thing. That's I've teamed up with my photographer, and now we do patreons where we can actually post the graphic stuff because we're getting flagged everywhere I can't really post anything on TikTok at all anymore and um, all we're trying to do is just art and a tribute to this horror world that we're in love with but yet sexualizing so, your body is
1: fine Dro- you know it, yeah. se- you know sort of promoting drugs and crap like that is absolutely fine but yeah totally horror fine. never yep. fine no <laughs>
0: Well, especially if your blood turned out pink, why? Oh, it's hilarious. In the photo it did. It wasn't so
1: bad in reality, but just in that, I think it's because I was holding like a purple, sort of like so it had like purple tones to it. And I think it just sort of made it look pink, which actually kind of looked quite cool, but it
0: did not look violent
2: in any way, yeah. shape or form. Well, and, and especially
0: for Jennifer's body, that would look
2: amazing. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> and if it's bright pink, it's kind of on brand for us. So that's okay. We're just looking yeah, thanks for for Jess's
1: you know logo design phenomena. We now are very pink, and that would have worked. But no. yeah, it would have been perfect. Yeah, TikTok and uh, uh, Nona. No. There, I actually haven't had any problems with Insta. I've managed to upload things and don't really get issues. It's it's TikTok. I've had two issues with one music that I actually had permission to use, and they flagged it. And then that one, that video. So I'm like, ugh, TikTok, whatever.
0: I know. I yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm the same as you guys. TikTok is whatever. Yeah, whatever. For teenagers. They can keep it. <laughs> they can keep it, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um so today we are here to to review and discuss Saint Maud, which is an A twenty four movie and I am in love with A twenty four production. Mm. I don't know about you two, but um Oh yeah. It's
2: brilliant. just so good movie, at
0: everything. Oh, everything. Everything that they have done has been amazing. Mm. So this is a 2019 movie directed by Rose Glass. It got 93% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't even look at the audience score because the audience scores are never accurate, <laughs> in my opinion.
2: <laughs>
0: um, so this is going to be your spoiler alert about the movie Saint Maud, um, and this movie is about Maud, who is a newly devout hospice nurse who becomes obsessed with saving her dying patient's soul, but sinister forces and her own sinful past threaten to put an end to her holy calling. So ladies, what would you two give it out of five stars? Mm.
1: For me just it's an odd one because I've actually seen it twice and the first time around I probably would have given it 3.5 and now I'm giving it five so maybe I'm going to meet in the middle and say maybe four four 4.5 <laughs> <4, laughs> just, okay. just to be an ass 4.5. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I'd, I'd give it a five I, I really enjoyed it. Excellent um what about you? Eliza, I am the exact same as you. The first time around, I would have given it a three and a half. The second watch bumped it up to a four. It's funny, isn't it? What you find yeah. watching it for a second time, what you discover. Oh, it was so much better the second time around. Mm. Where did you watch it the first time? Did you watch it at home or in the cinema? At home. Mm. I know I read there that um, this they, their intention was for this movie to be seen in the theater and... So some, they, they feared that some of the um, small details got lost in translation being on our TVs.
1: Oddly, I, so I saw it the first time around when it came out in October in the UK last year. I think it was October with some friends in the cinema um, in London near where I live. And we all came out kind of going, mm, not so sure about that. I, it didn't feel like a great vibe in the cinema watching it watching it at home on screen more recently oh my I was just enthralled I couldn't take my eyes off it so it could be the vibe at the time maybe when we watched it you know we're just going back into lockdown again about to go back in and it was a bit mm, you know not not feeling great maybe that was it we weren't really in the right frame of mind to watch it second time around loved
0: it well I wonder because I believe you and I were chatting about this that um it was really built up Mm -hmm. and i went into it anticipating the pacing similar to say hereditary and it's not
2: (laughs) no no it's a very very very
0: slow burn yep so i think um what i found is the second time i watched it and i kind of get into this a little bit later but um because you know kind of what's happening you don't need to focus on trying to figure out what's happening you can really then enjoy watching her mental state deteriorate instead of focusing Mm -hmm. on trying to figure out what's happening
1: i think the odd thing about it is that i went in Jess, I think you might have probably felt the same. I went in with some friends expecting, because it was an A24 film, and obviously they, they are very much either drama or horror. There's not usually an in between. So I went in very much thinking, this is a horror film. I'm expecting to, to be, you know, but for, for there to be shrieks and jumps and all. And of course it's not. It's really very much a psychological character study about loneliness, about, um, you know, religious fanaticism, but really at the heart of it, loneliness. And so if mm-hmm. I think if you're going in with a horror angle and you're just in the mood for a horror film, you might be disappointed when you then watch it for what it is and just what a stunning character portrayal, you know, Morphid Clark has with Maud and obviously Jennifer Ely as well with Amanda, it it's incredible to watch just just as a portrayal of loneliness, not not really with so much of a horror angle. The horror adds to it, but for me personally it doesn't really feel like a horror film, but actually it's better for it not being a horror film. Oh.
2: Also, just just adding onto, onto um, what, what Anya was saying a little earlier with, like, if you watch it the first time around, you're expecting, um, like, while well, watching it the second time around, you kind of know where it's ending, so you can, like, watch the character decline. Um, I actually enjoyed watching it the first, because I watched it earlier today for the first time. <laughs> I wanted it <laughs> to be fresh in my memory when, when we chatted about it now, and... Um, what, what I enjoyed was that uncertainty and not knowing what was happening. I think that that mm-hmm. kind of adds to the – because it is a character study. And not knowing what is happening, you, you kind of – you have more empathy for Maud because she doesn't know what's happening. And it's easier mm-hmm. to get sucked in um, as opposed to just trying to figure out the details. It's um, – yeah, it just works on that level as the character study, having yes. that uncertainty. It's true. It's the ambiguity of it. It's that
1: sort of two parallel possibilities of: is this really happening? Is is she really, you know, speaking to God? Is this really sort of what she's experiencing, or is she completely losing her mind? And it's because mm-hmm. you've got the ambiguity, and you, it switches so much. It could be either or, right until the very end. I think that's what keeps you hooked. And again, just what Jess was saying: it's the uncertainty.
0: You you don't know which which parallel possibility we're watching here. That's right. And what I liked about Um, the very end in in my mind it was it became very obvious and Mm. so that's why it's interesting to go back and watch it after you've seen that very end scene where you know you see her for what's really happening and then you go back into it and you're watching it going oh okay I'm watching her brain from a different perspective than the first time I watched it where I wasn't sure what was happening yeah exactly it really reminded me of repulsion you know, the Roman Yes, movie. It is actually That's
1: it's very much like that. Mm-hmm. And that's a slow burn that, as
0: well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Cause it reminded me a lot of, um, you know, there's a German film called Requiem. And so, Requiem, okay, I haven't yeah, seen it. Oh, Requiem a lot like that. And, um, there's also, there's a couple of other stations of the cross and then elements of Valerie and her world of wonders. It, it's, it's a lot about sort of women. So the, the, the main protagonist is a woman, and you don't know whether or not it's mental decline or whether it is they're speaking to God. And it's this this gradual deterioration. As they feel they're getting closer to God, they actually deteriorate more and more. Um, and so with Requiem, I think it was... It was it. Was, it, was, it sort of represents demonic possession as more of a mental illness, but with Stations of the Cross, it's she's trying to cure her brother of autism, so she's got a purpose for that as well. So there's a purpose of getting closer to God because they feel like they're either going to save themselves or save other people, but they're not really getting closer
0: to God in any case. No, <laughs> it's, it's just it's like so. Oh, wow, it's so interesting. This this to me, I'm I'm not religious, so watching this from you know um i'm not an atheist but i guess agnostic point of view it's really interesting watching people who are that devout because there are people that are that devout and you just don't know you just don't know what it's like for them to believe everything completely you know catholicism definitely i come from an irish family
1: so i'm not religious at all um very much agnostic to atheist and my parents were the same because they were both brought up in quite fervently Catholic households my dad in Mm. Ireland itself and my mum by Irish parents in London so they both rejected religion and I've only ever seen it as as a a hindrance to existence (laughs) I've never seen it as anything particularly positive because they both had awful experiences with convent schools and with the the, um, Christian brothers in Ireland and stuff like that so this religious fanaticism is never in any way shape or form appealing to me it's it's great for a horror film or a thriller because that's where it belongs yeah. it doesn't for me it doesn't really believe, like belong in normal life it's like it, it is a horror movie it is a psychological horror because you know got, my dad used to be whipped in the, on the back if he got his sums wrong and then thrown in a trough of water and then locked in a cupboard. That was an Irish Christian brother school. In my mum in London, you know, she had in her Irish Catholic school, where, by the way, the the priest who ran it ran off with the head nun who ran it and they stole all of the paintings and gold and stuff from the school's church. So that's how hypocritical those guys were. But they used to, they said if girls had hairbrushes in their handbags, they were um, whores. <gasps> It's this kind of thing. So you think I'm sure if you are a Catholic, no offense meant to you, because I'm sure you're a normal person. Most normal people who most Catholic people are normal. But there is definitely this this religious um, fanaticism that, that exists and can build that is really
0: unappealing and definitely is not is not good for everyday life. Well, it's, the timing of this is just ironic right now. I don't know if you've heard about anything that's been happening in Canada lately, but um, they recently uncovered the grave of 215 children in a place in BC in British Columbia in Canada that I'm in. Um, They were killed and they were from residential schools and what residential schools here are, were um, Christian or Catholic run elementary schools for indigenous children. They would take them away from their families and the children would never come home and just unspeakable horrors were happening to these children. And they literally in the past two weeks just uncovered 215 bodies of children. It's, and that's, that is the uber devoutness happening right in front of us and um, our government has called to the catholic church to apologize and they aren't apologizing for anything they're not even owning it
2: but But why would they i mean there's so many scandals linked with the catholic church going back fucking centuries i know um that this is just a blip in in their history sorry i'm I'm very jaded when it comes to religion, okay <laughs> well we're it's good.
0: we're all in the same boat then it's good that one of us isn't incredibly devout. This would make this conversation <laughs> maybe a little horrendous. bit more restricted <laughs> is so the again
1: move. yeah the bon secours in in Ireland, just what you were mentioning about about Canada, the same thing happened a few years back in Ireland in the Bon Secours um sort of nunneries and and um magdalen places they found bodies of babies hundreds of bodies of babies buried jeez again no apologies You know, or very very limited apology they don't uh, i'm very just like jess i'm very very jaded particularly about catholicism because of what my my parents experienced absolutely how could you not be jaded by that mm. it's not great <laughs> ireland's definitely mm. improved believe me it's a, it's a it's a much better place in, with regards to Catholicism, but my parents' generation, you know, growing up in the sixties,
0: no, 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 no. Terrible. Yeah, my mom is my mom is from the U.S. and her family is from Ireland as well. And so my grandmother's generation, they they were all very devout Catholics as well, and they were raised in that kind of environment. And my mom was the same. Just she came over to Canada and wanted nothing to do with any of that. Don't blame her. One yeah. bit. <laughs> Maybe what I'll do then is when I'm posting this, uh, this episode, I will say, if you are very religious, this may not be the episode for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're it's... Catholic, stay away. <laughs> stay away, yeah.
0: Because, I mean, the thing is, and I'm sure you both felt the same thing, watching this movie was difficult because you kind of want to shake her a little bit and mm-hmm. say, what are you doing?
2: yeah
1: oh you do a hundred percent and also it's it's it was interesting because rose glass from what i read as a director she she sort of um she was she was brought up in quite a religious household and her i think it was her uncle was a a priest as well her uncle died before she was born no her grandfather sorry grandfather was a no you couldn't have been a priest what am i talking about must have been her uncle couldn't have been her grandfather was a catholic priest because she wouldn't be here um but yeah it was very I think she' sort of understood that, so that's obviously fed into the film quite a lot because she's got a, you know she understands the background of it, suppose you have to to write something like that.
0: Yeah, its
1: <laughs> so crazy.
0: No offense, but to I Catholics. think I think you no yeah, of course, no no offense, kind of <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> but i think I think you said it perfectly that that this devoutness. In my mind as well, it does belong in a horror movie. It Hmm. does. And it just, it's so fitting.
1: It just, you can't picture how somebody in reality could, could. I never understand, I don't mean this to cause offence, because I think if you do have a faith, and obviously you're using it for good, you're using it in a positive way, more power to you. If that makes you happy and and makes the people around you happy and, and gives you a sense of purpose, I, I've no problem with that. It's when it gets negative and when it gets used in a, you know, for hypocrisy to, to perform acts that then they think they're going to be redeemed by God when they die so does it really matter you know all this kind of stuff that's when I then have a problem with it but I think if you're living your life being a good person absolutely fine just don't tell me to go to church because I'm not going <laughs> I ain't yeah, going it,
2: it, but that's it it gives it, like for some people it's a great for um, like a moral compass and it gives them a sense of community which is fantastic um, but yeah all the other stuff that goes along with religion um, no no thanks
0: <laughs> I mean I compare it to a cult honestly I do mm-hmm. a very rich cult as well like most oh of them. the richest Catholic church is the richest the, the worst the worst and I do you guys know the story of Horace no? no no not a lot of people do which is mind-blowing to me and you should google it after this um There's a book called The Pagan Christ, which is written about the comparisons of Horus, but really quickly. um, Horus was a false god prophet created by the Egyptians with a bird head. I think he was supposed to be the son of Ra or something along those lines. But anyways, they completely have acknowledged that he was false. And his storyline is literally the exact same as Jesus. But this was thousands of years before jesus existed and i have a really hard time understanding how jesus existed as a person but his storyline is verbatim the same as horus who was not a real person he was an idolized god created as a representation of metaphors for egyptians but yet jesus existed and you know horus had the same amount of prophets he was crucified he was resurrected it's just it's crazy to me it is I studied classics, so I did a classics and English
1: degree. So I I did all I, I focus mainly on Roman and, and, and Greek mythology. So mm-hmm. for me it's like, well, you could just as easily say Zeus turned into a swan to have sex with a woman. Like it's just and that's what people believed. And they yep. sacrificed to many gods. And when you know, growing up studying Greek and, and Roman mythology particularly, I didn't really focus on Egyptian mythology enough. I actually Loved it, but I, I didn't know the story of Horace, which is actually amazing. But it's very, you know, these very similar fables, pretty much, and allegories that exist in those myths. Well, they were believed, but they were clearly now studied
0: as as, as fictional texts. That's what they're well, studied as now. But yet the Bible is believed in. as As a true, true event, it's mind-blowing to me that Christians are the only people that have taken those old fictional stories and have made it the word
1: it's bonkers and it's just it's written bonkers. by people not being funny you know what people just <laughs> crowded around you know a, 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 a sort of a fire you know telling stories and things like that it was like the bard like the whole idea of you know ovid and the bard um the, the use of the bard you know creating poetry and reciting stories and and
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: pretty much the same thing for how the Bible was created that's just mm-hmm. how it was done it was all stories that then somebody sitting there in the desert one night wrote down
2: so um, that's and it. then and then they had like a conference a couple of centuries later and they came out with like the King James version or something where they actually <laughs> yeah. like yeah you know, they they, they, sat, they sat down and they decided which stories needed to go into the Bible it was like a massive conference. Um yes. editing so, there you some go. copy
1: editing
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Copy editing conference. It's ridiculous. And I hate to say this, but you know that it was just a large group of wealthy men. Isn't it always so? Yes. No offense, boys. White it's, it's White always. Men. <laughs>
1: men whoever they were, men <laughs> r- round a fire in the desert, <laughs> having a laugh,
0: probably That's drinking right. some wine.
1: Going, oh they were probably
0: shit-faced going let's see if people will buy this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they did and got shit-faced
2: later and said woohoo now we're rich we sold this
0: crap to people <laughs> and they edit up
2: well if, if they were shit-faced it would definitely explain the water into wine story oh yeah <laughs> it would <laughs>
1: But it's just when you look at the Greek and Roman myths, it's what always gets me. From a very young age, I was reading them. That's what became my fascination. It's why I then studied it. And I never for a minute thought I could ever have believed or worshipped any of this stuff. But their stories make far more sense to me than the Bible, because you have to take accountability. In all of those stories, there is accountability. Whereas in the Bible, it's kind of like, you know, you... You sort of, you're in pain now, then you die, then you're in pain after death because you might go to hell. It was just, at least with, it made more sense having the, the characters in, in Greek and Roman mythology, that they just they felt more real. Characters mm-hmm. in the Bible don't feel real at all. No. a very one dimensional, actually. Bad writing. All <laughs> one critiquing the Bible. Not good writing.
2: <laughs> very very one dimensional. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, God. <laughs> No, but they are to get slighted.
1: <laughs> totally. Or, or I'm just gonna get cancelled on Twitter. It'll be one of those. But it's <laughs> it's the, the Greek and Roman myths, when you read Ovid, when you read Homer, all of that stuff, it's so much better. Well, the Iliad's not great because it's just a whole list of people dying in war. But generally <laughs> these stories are fabulous. Um, particularly Ovid. If you haven't read Ovid, please do. It's it's phenomenal. But they are they're just all they're just all pretty much fables for don't do this because this will happen to you. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in the Bible, except it's just not as well-written or interesting or fun. No, you're
0: right. It is not well-written at (laughs) all. (laughs) And And, there's only one God. That's boring. Why why have one when you can have 15? That's right. And they're just plagiarizing everything. At least come up with your own ideas.
2: Come on.
0: (laughs) Anyways, okay. Let's get into um, talking about the movie. So... How do you should we just sort of start at the beginning and where there did you have any initial thoughts about the the opening scenes
2: um the opening well i, I like the fact that that you kind of start in the middle of a mode story where something bad has happened but you don't know exactly what that bad thing is and then the story just continues um it, it it kind of you you're going straight into the action you're getting straight well even though it's a slow burner um, <laughs> you you're getting you're getting straight to like the unraveling of 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 her mind and 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 stuff like that i i i quite like that and uh initially you're like from the get go sorry i'm not very eloquent this evening it's been a very long week and it's only wednesday <laughs> um you sound eloquent enough to me yeah me too <laughs> um, like the way the way you're kind of dropped in the middle of of something that's already happened it kind of you're immediately on the back foot as as um you know as a viewer and i think that that initial unsettling kind of sets you up for the rest of the film where you're very unsettled going into it
1: mm. that, that's I agree. it and you yeah. understand the character straight away which i think is is some because sometimes you need to build to understand a character and get to know her you can understand straight away, pretty much work out why she is the way she is. You know something, something dark has affected her and that's been her reaction. Yes. And she becomes, you know, she she feels this, this transcendent thing is working through her and it starts off, I think I like the fact that she starts off very, very innocent, almost very naive before it gets darker, but you can see there are darker elements sort of there, but... There is this sweet naivety, which I suppose is what Amanda sees when she first meets her and why she's kind of oddly charmed by her, though she's, you can't quite tell whether she's got a snide, sort of sly, wry smile with it, or whether she's, you know, genuinely kind of quite touched. This girl really believes everything that that she's, she's saying. But there's a sweet naivety to her, despite her being so fervently Catholic, that yeah. obviously gets a lot more disturbing as time goes rolls on but you I think that's you need to like Maud at the beginning and you do because there is this certain charm within this naive facade she's got because she's obviously not as naive as you think she is no
0: (laughs) what uh what I felt about that beginning scene is it it didn't really resonate with me until the second watch that that immediate scene is the flashback that she refers to several times throughout the movie Mm. And I remember thinking the first time I watched it, she's got blood on her hands, I thought she had either murdered somebody intentionally or had tried to, you know, kind of commit suicide. But as her flashbacks reveal later, she was actually doing CPR on her previous patient and ended up crushing their lungs and getting blood spewing on her. And um that scene where she remembers that, where she's having sex with that stranger, was so intense. it was horrible. It's, it, it's horrible because
1: the film starts with blood, then it ends with no spoilers with blood, and in between she experiences an assault. Effectively, so it mm-hmm. sort of starts with an assault, and not a, you know not meaning to assault this woman, but effectively that's what happens. Ends with something quite brutal, and in the middle. There is something brutal. So it's sort of there. It's peppered with these horrific moments in between this sort of oddly sweet, naive girl who's progressively getting more and more
0: obsessive. Mm -hmm. Obsessive is absolutely the right term. (laughs) (laughs) I guess what I liked about the limited knowledge we have with her backstory is you don't know exactly when that shift happened for her with the devoutness did it happen before or after that incident i mean it would make sense that it happened after but we just don't know and i thought that kind of left it open to our own interpretation which is interesting it's definitely
1: ambiguous i suppose Mm -hmm. the idea that she's a bit hedonistic before makes you think maybe she hadn't gotten onto that path because you know there are Elements of when the guy who basically assaults her in her flat says, oh, yeah, I know that you slept with my friend, you know, a couple of years ago. And then she bumps into her, her former colleague slash friend a few times. And there's lots of hints that she she certainly wasn't as <laughs> as religious as she is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, her friends a little bit confused when she goes to her flat so that you do want that confusion and the slight terror behind her eyes of what's going on it does make you think maybe she wasn't like this before. I suppose yeah. an event like that, you know, if you think, you, well, you have killed somebody, you, you would maybe want to, f- to find a, a path to, to righteousness. <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps you
0: would.
2: Um, yeah, that's
0: a good point.
2: Yeah. And, and also the, the fact that um, when she runs into a friend, um, her friend calls her Katie, mm-hmm. um, which is also quite interesting. So it's almost like she just becomes a whole nother person when she becomes more reinvents herself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's true. What I liked
0: when when Maude showed up at the house and then the previous nurse called Amanda a bit of a cunt. There's <laughs> zero context there and I like that because it sets the tone in in our eyes as the viewers about who Amanda is but at the beginning she seems so nice and lovely. So you're kind of waiting for the the other shoe to drop on why is she a cunt? Why did she call her a cunt? And you don't, you just never know until, you know, their story unravels.
1: Yeah, I mean, the way she's humiliated in front of Amanda's friends, you know, for you know for a laugh Amanda thinks it's hilarious to whatever you think of somebody's religious you know I've just been slating Catholicism (laughs) but whatever you think of I would never mock someone's religion particularly not not behind their back or to their face but if someone did feel that way you think well okay that's fine she's not she's not doing any harm with it at this point she certainly isn't so this mocking of her when she seems quite sweetly naive and she has been very kind to Amanda seems very cruel so mm-hmm. you do see there is a real cruel streak in Amanda but it's it's whether Amanda's can't deal with her own mortality and she finds that's a way to deflect all this sort of god talk is to to mock it I don't know Amanda's a brilliantly complex character
0: Agreed and the the duality of her acceptance but denial of her situation is you know just sprinkled throughout the entire movie she's Mm. smoking like a chimney but she's dying (laughs) from cancer so it's i mean i understand it but yeah she's in denial but also partial acceptance it's uh it's interesting to watch her, her the complexity of that character for sure It's like, is there a sense of fear that, you know,
1: is Maud bringing this fear to Amanda by sort of facing her with what could be, whether she believes in God or not, what what ultimately is her mortality? And I suppose if you've got somebody, if you are dying and you've got somebody kind of shoving God in your face all the time, it's probably horrifying.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, especially the way Maud tried to manipulate that sort of behind her back. Mm. You know, I understood why Amanda was upset about all of that but I agree with you that her the way that she delivered that was very cruel
1: you kind um, of don't as, as crazy as Maud might seem you don't until obviously later stages dislike her you do feel sympathy for her
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I think it just seems even though she shouldn't be foisting her religious beliefs on anybody let alone a dying woman um it, it's it does seem quite cruel
2: and it's it's still because she's she's such a naive character um it's it's done with with almost this like um innocence behind it where she truly believes that she's going to save amanda and it's it's from like a selflessness almost that this is her this is what she was this is her purpose so and and you can you can kind of buy into that this is her belief, this is what she believes she's supposed to do, and then to have it um, dismantled in such a perfect way and, and, like, joked about as well, it's it's quite very, very cruel.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and she's a lonely woman, you know, this is such a study of loneliness, she's a lonely girl, she's a girl who's obviously experienced a a horror that's sort of triggered something within her, and she's very lonely, you know, stuck in that flat on her own, it's when she's then around people around a group she's mocked yeah and then she's ignored in the pub and sort of mocked in the pub and and then treated brutally by the guy that she takes home so it's not you know you do feel sorry for her in in
0: many many ways till yes, I end. <laughs> loved it I loved the writing in this movie because of of how much you feel empathy for this person but at the same time When you're sitting there feeling empathy for her, you're also going, Are you okay? Or are you kind of really mentally unstable? Am I starting to watch the demise here? Is this real? Is this, you know, is this a a psychological horror? Is this a body horror? Is this a mythological creature that's actually happening? And I loved the writing in this movie. I thought that was one of the strongest points. Mm. One of my favorite things was the writing. Agreed,
2: definitely.
1: It's like a but slow I... burn. It's definitely a slow burn. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a bit like the, um, you know, the devils, how the Ken Russell film, The Devils, how it progressively gets more and more violent and sexually kind of terrifying as well. And it's sort of that mix of, you know, religion and sex and death. It's, it's like that straight maud, It's more of a slow burn than The Devils, but there's definitely a descent that you see. And I think that's, that's just the power of the script. It's sort of, it's, it's, you gently eased into it. Yeah. And then, of... then you're like, whoa. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's unnerving that these kind of, this is why I love the A24 horror movies. When you watch one of their movies, you leave feeling this tension and it just hasn't been released and it's
2: uncomfortable and it makes you want to watch it again. Which is the mark of a good movie it's it's something that sticks with you that you're kind of left mulling over in your mind for like days afterwards. Agreed
1: and you need to watch it again because definitely I didn't I think perhaps because of being in the cinema and perhaps being you know we were in lockdown we were all a bit grumpy I didn't appreciate it the way I appreciated it the second time where I'm like five stars all round. So I think you you do need to watch it several times to really get immersed. And I know that a couple of reviewers, the time when I sort of building up to watching the film, said they'd watched it several times. And you could see they were really passionate about it. And that's probably because they watched it several times.
0: Right. That makes sense. So I'm curious if you two noticed this. But the scene where Maud and Amanda are talking about God and... She says, he sees you. He is everywhere. Her eyes looked black. Completely black. Did you notice that? I didn't. I love that. I I read, and also her one of her eyes changes color throughout the film, and I couldn't, when I went back the second time, I forgot to try to notice when, but I read that they did that on purpose, and halfway through she ended up putting a contact in and, you know, one of her eyes does change color, and I thought that that's just such a neat small little element that makes you wonder if this is really happening, if she's having sort of a stigmata thing happening to her.
2: I, I thought I was losing the plot a bit because um, I noticed her two her eyes were different colors right at the end when she's staring at the window. I'm like, wait, weren't her eyes brown earlier? Damn yeah. that. <laughs> I have to go back
1: and check now. <laughs> I did think she was, to be honest, the first time I watched it, because I hadn't read, I didn't want spoilers, so I'd sort of heard reviews, but I didn't, I knew vaguely what was going on, but not fully. I did wonder if she was about to be, when she levitates, possessed, because it seems at that point, the way her face turns and she levitates, I thought at this point, "Ah, are are we turning more into a devil movie? Is this the devil talking to her? Is it building up? And then, of course, second time watching it, no you can see it is the the religious sort of fervence there but i did wonder at one point there's a certain way her face changed during the levitation thing that i thought oh well, we going on exorcist sort of path here
0: yeah i agree with you as well i i the first time around thought that's where it was headed as well that she was going to be possessed her her face morphs a lot mm and uh they they even talk about how they got her face to morph, and I didn't really realize the extent of how much until I watched it the second time. And yeah, her mouth opens wider than it should several times. <laughs>
1: yeah, because you do think, especially you you start to wonder, you know, is this really God talking to her? Is she actually being possessed by a demon instead, because that does obviously happen in some films where people think they're talking to God and they're not; they're talking to the devil. So I did wonder if it was that, but no. It wasn't. So it was a quite no. a good red herring. She was uh,
2: I, yeah. just
0: losing yeah. her mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, in the scene as well, where she has spoken to God in Latin, I assume. It's actually and Welsh. He... Oh, it's Welsh. It's Welsh, okay. yeah. Awesome. Her that's, final that's, words are Welsh. <laughs> that's great. I love that. And he was telling her that she knew what she needed to do. And then she went over to Amanda's house, and Amanda's voice sounded demon like right it completely mm. change right. changes and again it's interesting because that's her perception of what's happening but it was another moment where i was questioning saying what's happening here is, oh, it, yeah. is this a possession or is yeah. this a you know
1: yeah because that's why i thought initially she's possessed and then of course when you then see amanda and you realize that she's believing Amanda's possessed mm-hmm. so yeah it, it it was it was good especially for a first time watch the way you see the difference between the two characters and you're trying to watch. it's the parallels I think the constant parallel possibilities that really do make this film so strong
2: and also just to go back to the the scene when she's um talking to God um that's actually that's actually her own voice speaking Welsh and they've just lowered the pitch so it, she's talking to herself effectively mm. Wow, which I thought was just insane, but she hears it as a different
0: uh, voice altogether. That's um, that's incredible.
1: So literally, voices in her head, her own voices.
0: <laughs> you know, I I read, um, and I can't find exactly where I wrote it down, but I read someplace that the director, when she first started conceptualizing this idea she wanted it to be a a love story between a woman and the voice in her head and that's exactly what this is in a very twisted way
1: yeah because Amanda wasn't supposed to be in it was she the first few drafts I think she she wasn't in it at all and then they created the character but it is it's it's very much her, her it is her sort of conversing with herself and trying to rationalize what happened in that, you know, original horrific moment where she killed a patient effectively and then trying to make it right by saving the soul of a patient. She can't save the cancer sufferer. She can't save her from cancer, but she can save her soul, she believes. Yeah. So I suppose it is her way of making amends, but it's a
0: very screwed up way of doing it. (laughs) Yes. You know, a, a scene as well that still kind of... Has me a little bit confused. Maybe you guys noticed this or not, but um, when the two of them are praying to God, and Maud says she feels him, and Amanda then says she feels him, later Amanda reveals that she didn't actually feel him, and I can't tell if she was denying that she did, or that she just went along with it for Maud because Amanda's acting in that moment. <laughs> It did legitimately look like she was seeing something.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I did notice that. Well, I did notice that scene, but I think it is. It's one of those things of whether or not she really wanted in that moment to believe it because she's dying, mm-hmm. and then she she whether she, that is the truth, and then she doesn't want to admit to that, or or whether it's just that she's mocking. Um like, yeah, Maud. you just don't know. Mm-hmm. you can't tell i think that's why make what makes it so complex because she is dying so she is at that point of, of of facing her facing death facing her mortality so she would probably be conflicted and she would probably be wanting to believe there's something on the other side otherwise what was the point of this you know what was the point of her going through all this pain but again it's whether or not she wants to face up to it or not and a man doesn't seem to be a character that wants to really face up to too much no <laughs> You're not really entirely sure. I suppose that's a good thing—the ambiguity of it. Hmm.
0: Well, this is one of those movies where the ambiguity sort of left you wanting more. Whereas with some movies, when they have left it open to interpretation, you get frustrated by that, and you don't enjoy it. But I found that to be a very positive with this movie.
1: Oh. Yeah, definitely. Have you seen Martyrs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that one, I know that everyone praises it. And I d- obviously, it's, it's it's grotesque, but brilliant. But I do find that frustrating at the end. Oh. I do find that ending endlessly frustrating. Whereas, yeah, I didn't in Saint Maud. Um, I kind of thought it was the perfect ending. But Martyrs, though it is brilliant, it did also make me really annoyed. <laughs> like, oh, I want to know.
0: <laughs> I was Googling the shit out of that ending. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Same was <with> I. <laughs> And what I still happens? didn't get a definitive answer. No, that's
1: that's when ambiguity, is too much ambiguity. There's a little bit too much for me. Give me a bit more to work with here. But it, I mean, it's still a brilliant film. I'm not slating. It's a brilliant and brilliantly acted film.
0: I can't. So you're talking about the original?
1: Oh, yeah. Not no I haven't watched the remake. I, I don't want to watch
0: the remake. Yeah, it's funny you're bringing this up. So spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen Martyrs. <laughs> It is the gr- most grotesque movie I've ever watched. Um, there's certain... I can't do that body extreme horror gore. I can't do it. Um, And the ending, I just... Yeah, I was the same as you. I was very frustrated because I really wanted to know, did she actually not see anything? Or did she just tell her that? Because she wanted to make her as angry as she was going through all of that. <laughs> you just don't know the answer.
1: Have you seen *Martyrs*, Jess?
0: I haven't... I haven't. It's top of your list. Please
1: do. It is I, exactly what what Anya said. It's grotesque. I'm not good with body horror. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not as bad as a Serbian film. If you've seen that,
0: no, That's, I will never watch that one. No, I don't.
1: I, I walked you out know. after twenty minutes because I'll tell you why in a minute. But yeah, I walked out after twenty minutes. But Martyrs, it's it's that ending of <sighs> whether or not you know somebody is has really seen something or whether they haven't, and it's just so. Brilliantly done, but yet so frustrating, mm-hmm. and I just yeah, it drives me demented. <laughs> Even thinking about it now it drives me demented. But it's yes, not as bad too. as a Serbian film, which is genuinely the most. in The twenty minutes I saw is just the sickest, most
0: depraved, most pathetic thing I've seen. You know, I people talk about that movie all the time as as obviously the most extreme movie ever. I almost watched it, and I almost watched it blindly because I hadn't actually looked into it and when I looked into it I'm so glad I did because I I would be angry. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to ha- no. No. I the the concepts behind that movie is one thing but you do not involve children. No.
1: And I think that's what made that's what I walked out at. There was a all I will say is there is a scene with a baby. And that's when me and my friends walked out. Basically, we would we were kind of tricked for a laugh by our friend's brother, who is a a horror film actor. He's very good horror film actor. I won't mention him because it'll get him in trouble. But he um, he was like, Oh, here's some passes to this this horror film festival at the Curzon Soho. And there were a couple of films on there. One of them being a Serbian film, I try not to read too much about films before I go and see them because I like to be surprised so we were just like great we watched one film brilliant this next one was a Serbian film and yeah we did not know what we were letting ourselves in for and we all walked out yeah I never walk out of anything by the way so that's extremely really extreme I couldn't watch that
0: I just can't believe that movie has been released honestly it drives me mad because basically
1: it's supposed to be about the conflict you know, that, that took place in Serbia and effectively what the director says is the the rape and pillaging of the land
2: mm-hmm.
1: put on camera. I'm like, I really don't understand. I've read Serbian history and I've watched part of your film and I don't see the correlation. But, you know, fair play to you for, for trying to put that
0: on camera in a very weird, screwed up way. Yeah, yeah. it's that's a that's a really hard topic. Mm. and and the unfortunate thing is it's real and it happens and kudos to the director for trying to bring that to light but there's only a very few amount of people that are going to be able to handle watching that and enjoy it yeah if you do
1: fair play you know Mm -hmm. every film's there for you know that's legal to watch is there
0: for people to enjoy but um yeah i'd be a bit disturbed if people said they enjoyed that film yeah, I've never met anyone that has said they've enjoyed it. They've watched it, but never enjoyed it. <laughs> Don't
1: think, I, be, I think just people who who enjoy it need to be just jailed immediately because they're clearly about to plan a massacre or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just there's something wrong with you if you like that film. Sorry,
0: no offense. No, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. So but Martyrs, yeah, Martyrs, Jess, if you haven't watched it, it is very visceral. It is very intense, and it will never, ever, ever leave your brain. Once you have seen it, you can never unsee it. It sounds fantastic. I'm going to have to watch it. It it is very, very, very gruesome. Um, I've never seen anything more gruesome. Uh, But I haven't also watched Serbian film or Cannibal Holocaust, so I can't compare. Um, But aside from the gruesomeness to it, the storyline is absolutely incredible. And the special effects are just (laughs) mind-blowing.
2: But that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm actually not really a a, a body horror fan. Um, but as long as there is a story behind something, and that the gore is adding to the storyline somehow and helping develop the plot, then it's okay. Then I can watch it. Um, I might have to watch it in in like you know sections and pause a lot. Yeah. But I I'll <laughs> still watch it. Whereas if it's just body horror and gore and gratuitous violence for the sake of it. Why, why, what, what does that bring you to anything? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nothing. Nothing. This one as, as grotesque and violent as it is, there is the storyline as to why the violence happens. So it does give you a little bit of redemption in your mind, I guess. But uh, yeah, the ending in this one is going to frustrate you. (laughs) <laughs> so please circle back and let let us know after you have watched it probably in pieces.
2: I definitely will. Give me like a week to to watch it and I'll let you know <laughs> what my thoughts are. <laughs> okay. 15 minutes a day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, until that end scene though. You think it's bad? Wait till the ending. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um so I don't know about you two, but I thought that levitation scene was amazing. I loved the, the um, fireworks going off in the background. And you can just see that she's l- sort of looking around and feeling something is, you know, about to change and happen for her. And then boom, you know, contortion of the face and she's levitating. Oh, I loved it.
2: And also that a lot of the, like up until that point, everything seems quite normal and you really are beginning to wonder if it's all in your head. Then all of a sudden you see her levitating. And it's, it's kind of like that shift almost, which um, in the movie, which I think, like you said, symbolizes the shift in her. But it's just, it was so well done.
1: So mm-hmm. well done. And again, I just, at the beginning, the first time I saw it, i did wonder obviously until a couple of minutes later you realize no but i did wonder if it was actually demonic possession if it was you know a a nod to the exorcist or a nod to to that genre of film if that's where we were actually going so that's what makes it sort of all the more horrifying particularly the first time you watch it if that's what you're thinking um and then of course you are then wondering okay is this real
2: Mm
0: -hmm. well i love i love how they give it away at the end um that you know it's not real Mm. at the end I loved that because I think if they hadn't shown her horrified expression of being burned alive it would have been harder to accept almost because then at that point you wouldn't have known and you would have known that it wasn't a possession but so I loved I loved that that burning scene was so inspiring to me as a horror model (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna i hope you're not gonna try and copy it or if you are use a lot of cgi you'll use a lot of photoshop what what's funny is i am going to be doing a i'm going to be burned alive at the stake um (laughs) it's uh not really but it's been in the camera just for the camera yes (laughs) um but uh yeah it's been it's we're gonna do um like an old pagan kind of ritual where they're gonna put me up i'm gonna be a witch i'm gonna be burned alive it's, we've been working on this for a couple years now, so I'm very excited about it, but I am absolutely going to pull inspiration from that end scene in this movie because I thought I just loved the beautiful duality of how she's presenting it to herself. She is, you know, like this saint with these beautiful large wings and everything is good and and then you get just a really quick flash of reality and how it's, it's horrifying yeah. it's stomach
1: churning that bit it is yes. and it's a scream as well that's really it's so <laughs> yeah. unnerving because you're like you're you're expecting you're thinking oh wow is this is she actually is this the ascension scene is she now going to ascend oh no she's not no no no, no. she's definitely she, she's on fire
2: but I also read like because um, I did like I watched watched the movie earlier, then did like all my reading um, after watching it. Um, and I also read that a whole bunch of people, one of their their takes on that end scene was that um, she really was talking to God, but God was punishing her for actually murdering someone, and now that was her burning in hell. Which I thought was an interesting take on it, hmm. but not exactly what they're intending. No, <laughs> I don't think it's at all what they we were intending. No. Maybe. No. I mean,
0: Rose Glass can tell us, but yeah, that's interesting. Well, the, I, I believe from from what I very, very, very briefly read, the intention was to just show that all of this was primarily in her head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's... I would not have even thought about that as an ending.
2: No, me neither. <laughs> me neither, to be honest. Like, I was just like, okay, cool. Like, she is crazy. It was all in her head. Mm hmm. Yeah. Because that's what, how it seemed,
1: particularly when she, you know, she commits the spoiler alert, the murder at the end. And you realize, yeah, OK, this has got to be it's in her head. And then that is the final confirmation, the nail in the coffin, as it were. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's lost her mind.
0: Well, that scene where she is sitting there talking to Amanda and Amanda tells her, this isn't real. I never saw him. You get the quickest moment of Maude going, how do, I, how do I react to that? And you can almost feel the disappointment and then it just rage. Mm. And I think if she hadn't been trying to atone for her, what she thinks are her sins, then maybe a more normal, I don't want to say normal, but a, a person with less mental distress might take a moment and sit back and go, whoa, is this really in my head? But she is so far gone that she can't hear that and accept it. And then ends up just stabbing her to death. That stabbing scene was intense.
2: So oh, much rage. Because you think she's rage. exercising.
1: So much rage. and she, she thinks she's exercising a demon and she's murdering an, an innocent, very sick person.
0: <laughs> so this is the end scene where it's sitting there in her neck... The, er, the uh, scissors. Oh.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> it's horrible. Very disturbing. <laughs> it is horrible. It Very is.
1: disturbing.
0: But the effects were beautiful. I loved them.
1: Oh, they're brilliantly done. They are brilliantly done. I think that's the thing. It's because it's not overloaded with effects. The effects are all essential. It's not like, look at all the gore. We're going to give you jump scares and, and make everyone go, ooh. It, they're, they're essential. You couldn't
0: be without the gore in those places they're needed yeah I agree with you and nothing was CGI'd well mm. or or if it was you couldn't it wasn't glaringly obvious
1: it was quite low budget as well really for a for a film the way the, for a film that was marketed the way it was in twenty four, it was fairly low budget so it doesn't look at low budget when you watch Mm-mm. it no at not at
0: all it did really really well with what it had it really did did either of you do any uh deep digs on this one and find out any fun facts
1: there was no horror behind the horror
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is what we normally do
1: right um, okay <laughs> um, bummer well not bummer but you... <laughs> yeah they had a great time that's the thing they all really had despite the material a great time doing it just from what i could read rose glass a producer that I know and have worked with is really good friends with Rose Glass so I'd, I'd heard a couple of things about how the shoot had gone really well prior to that so I don't know Rose Glass myself but through this this lady that I work with uh, on a couple of projects I have heard stuff and um, yeah they seem to have an absolute blast doing it everyone got on really well even in the most horrific scenes they were all done really delicately I just think Rose Glass had that background of, of Catholicism in, in her life and Morphid Clark's father kept sort of I think I don't know whether he he jumped from religion to religion but he's had moments of finding faith in his life so she definitely understood that for the role she's experienced it as a as an observer rather than a participant so I think there's definitely elements of that within it it was filmed at a school in Islington actually that a friend of mine went to years back in London (laughs) not good memories (laughs) oh
2: yeah that's good to know (laughs) um some of some of the stuff that I I, I read a little earlier was that um, like um, they were on set and initially when um, they would initially filmed that 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 scene where Maud is talking to God with Maud is talking to herself there was no other voice it was just her talking to herself and then they like Rose Glass thought okay no there has to be like she has to talk to God like there has to be something else to add that here and they added that on afterwards she actually heard um the actress um Clark talking on the phone to her family in Welsh and that's what inspired her to have that um the you know the the god speaking in in um Welsh and then just like lowering the pitch because it sounds like such an ancient language and it's not a lot of people actually can recognize that it's Welsh which is I thought quite cool mm mm-hmm. I love that that Tidbit,
0: you know, I love that it's not Latin because Latin is the go-to or the obvious language choice. So yeah, Welsh, that's great.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's very,
0: very interesting. Very cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What I loved about this movie is it was there was no focus on any bias about religion. So the movie is about Catholicism, but it it isn't really because it's so focused on her. Her interpretation and her mindset. And so I feel like anybody could watch this, be it somebody who is religious or who is not, and they aren't going to walk away feeling offended.
1: Oh, no, I, I agree. It's very, just for me, it's very much a study of, of isolation and loneliness and sort of the somebody you know following their internal voice but taking it in the wrong direction it's um it doesn't even really come across as a full horror it, it feels definitely more psychological and more of a character study so i don't mm-hmm. think it's 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 you can tell it's not out to offend people it's somebody who understands religion and understands the path it can take people on but really it just se- it seems for, for me anyway to be more of a a, a study of sort of loneliness really
2: and yeah. isolation and and mental health and um this poor woman who it tries to connect with people and just struggles so much um it's just a really really interesting character study oh yeah that cringe worthy scene where she was in the
0: bar and started laughing with the table next to her oh that is awful <laughs> it it i i was almost looking through my fingers in embarrassment because there are people that are like that and it's very I don't want to say sad because it's sad. No, it's sad. (laughs) I feel, I feel for them. It's very
1: sad. And it's, it's, you want her to be able to connect with people, but you sort of think also to a degree, she's not helping herself with the way she's behaving. Mm -hmm. So it's two sides of it It is she sort of, is it, she's pressing the self-destruct button while she's also trying to connect with people she's not going about it in the best way self-sabotage effectively
2: and self-flagellation yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's true I'm, I'm sorry but the one thing that's like kind of burnt into my brain forever and it's such a small thing in the whole movie is the the bit with the nails in her shoes
0: oh it's horrible and the sound when she's walking and you can hear the squish of it mm-hmm I yeah yeah it's just gross (laughs) I wonder what they use to make that sound that's that's where my brain goes (laughs) (laughs) what made the squishy sound yeah (laughs) squelchy squelch Uh,
1: she does it so well though because you see as she's walking down the sort of the promenade the Scarborough promenade the very depressing no offense to Scarborough I've been there and actually there are elements of beauty to Scarborough but they've made it look very depressing promenade you know you can see sh- the pain in her face without her being obvious about it without her grimacing and and gurning she does it so well she's such an amazing actress
2: but also like in in her gait and the way she walks you can see she's like trying not to put too much pressure on, on her feet as she's walking it's a very like light steps it's it's and and she, like you said her, her facial expressions as well it's done so well mm-hmm. yeah you can almost feel the pain
0: as you're watching her walk.
2: Just... It's weird. It's that, that like emotional, psychological pain that then becomes physical. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was beautifully done. Beautifully done. Well, thank you both so much for being here and talking about this with me. Would you recommend this movie to horror fans or to non horror fans or to both?
2: to both both. okay (laughs) (laughs) unanimous (laughs) yeah (laughs) well
0: excellent and uh i see that you guys have started picking up steam and doing more episodes with your podcast do you have what what do you have upcoming or do you not know yet we're gonna do rosemary's baby next (gasps) That's my favorite horror movie. (laughs) One of ours, too.
1: It's a brilliant one.